Welcome to Geeks Worldwide presents Preston Key. I am, of course, your host, Michael Schluger, and this is episode 296. We have a fantastic show for you. Let me introduce the crew. Uh, like myself, it is no longer, was it No Shave November? Is that is that technically no, what the term November, is? November, I think. November. November. November beard is another word for it. November. November. But like like myself, uh, the wonderful Connor Howard has decided to keep his luscious beard going, or he's mm-hmm. just whichever. I, I shaved my neck throughout the month, but I kept everything else going. Still counts. That's, Still that's counts. the plan. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, Josh Irwin is with us as well. Hey, what's going on? And of course, Chris Lassard. I can't grow a beard. Ah. It's okay. Yeah, I haven't hit it. It's you. okay. We still love you, Chris. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. At least someone does. Now, there's, a, <laughs> there's a total lack of facial hair in that window. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of looking bare down there. <laughs> I, could, uh, I, could, I could grow like a nice Fu Man shoe, right? But I don't know if my husband would be okay with that. Probably not. <laughs> I, I've always wanted you to could... like, experiment, but it gets to a point where like, so, like, my, the middle of my... It's funny, he just faced me, but said uh, so not okay. Uh, so, <laughs> my, my mustache doesn't connect. And so, I have, like, the reverse Hitler. Oh, um, no. I, yeah, yes. and that, that's hot, let me tell you. If you've never seen you sexy just, before. You should just get, like, you know, a fake beard. Just go to, like, a costume shop to... Like, a good one. Not, not like, the cheap mm. ones. I'm, I'd be curious to see what you would look like with the beard. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> that, that, that's the answer. But what if I like I get a beard and I'm like, I'm. <laughs> what happened? You'll definitely want to tune in next week, folks, and see what, what Chris comes back with. Your husband yeah, exactly. will give you the quickest shave in history. You'll just be like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just uh, rip it out. Just yeah. Well, back to uh, video but games. yes, we are here to talk video games. Um, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I swear to you, we are. Um, <laughs> So we're going to start off with two PSAs. Uh, the first one is just kind of random, but I thought this was cool. So I, I threw it in here. I was almost tempted to do this as a, as a what the fuck story, but it's too cute to do it as a what the fuck story. Basically, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually a couple of months ago at this point, isn't it? Um, Final Fantasy XIV, the game that I truly, truly despise, uh, announced a collaboration with Assassin's Creed, and they basically had this whole mini event within the game centered around Assassin's Creed that was just really odd. But whatever, uh, the two teams were a fan of each other's works, apparently. And now it's coming back around. Um, you will, If you have the latest Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Origins, you'll be able to get a Chocobo mount um, in Assassin's Creed Origins. Why? Who cares? It's a fucking Chocobo mount in Assassin's Creed Origins. I, I think it's cool. It has to play the music, though. Like the music. Oh, oh my god! Yes, that's true. Yes, yeah. Agreed. But it has to be like Egyptian flute style, like do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. Got to be authentic about it. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. So make make this happen, Ubisoft. Um, I this is all on you. You decided to walk down this road, so now we we need the uh, Chocobo song playing when you ride the Chocobo. I think it's but, unfair. Only but fair. How but how do the choke? That's my, is, it, is it animal you, cruelty? You keep cutting it out for me, Chris. Oh, yeah. Okay. What are the chocobos? What? What? So I wonder how the chocobos feel about this, right? Good question. Like getting getting into another game. I wonder if they were at this, right? <laughs> like, is this is this okay? Is this morally all right? Yeah, let's check out. Let's check with the Chocobo Rights Union. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we really need their approval on this. So, yeah. I, I donate already. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm the president. You're talking to him. All right, let's bring it up. You're, you're our point person now, Chris, Yeah, yeah. In this Chocobo related matter. Yep. Get on it. Meanwhile, I'm just going to ride it around. And you know what? Fuck it. If the, if the music's not in there, I'm just going to open up a tab, go on YouTube, find like a 24-hour loop of it, and just go at it. That's Problem solved. I'll do before I have sex. <laughs> put, on, put, put on the Chocobo theme song and just get going. <laughs> I always put on the Guile theme. That's just way. I mean, why the Guile theme and not the Rocky theme at that point? Because mm, it's it's all personal, you know. It's just, yeah. it's all subjective. Whatever you feel. I like. guess. I guess. 
I mean, he is a man's man. But uh, actually, we're not done talking about Assassin's Creed. The reason for it is because Black Flag, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, is going to be free on Uplay this month. Um, it's kind of dope, honestly. It's it's yeah. pretty much the best uh, Assassin's Creed game before, in my opinion. I know you're a fan of Syndicate, Conrad. I, I thought it was the best one prior to playing um, Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is going to be free starting <clears throat> December 12th. Right? So from December 12th to December 18th, all you got to do is open up Uplay, and boom, it's yours. Enjoy. Um, prior to December 12th, another game is going to be available for free called World in Conflict. But honestly, I mean, I barely remember that game. I did not play it at all. Did anyone play it mm-hmm. here? I have no idea what it is. It was. I, I heard about it when it was new, but it was pretty under the radar. I never actually got the chance to play it. I'm, I'm excited to try it out now that I have it on Uplay for free, so that's cool. But, but yeah. yeah, so World in Conflict was a 2007 RTS game, basically. And it's really odd because... According to the internet, it was published by Sierra, so I'm not sure how it ended up with Ubisoft, but I'm not going to ask questions. Vivendi. Oh, Vivendi, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, I think it was set in an alternate world, like World War III was happening or something like Cold that. Cold War, World War III, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. yeah, it's an RTS. Check it out. Again, you can't really argue with free, but uh, Black Flag, I think, is the cooler game. Oh yeah, I'm psyched about that. I enjoyed Syndicate, but I would still probably put Black Flag above it as a favorite of mine. So I'm pretty psyched. Sea chanties, man, those things were awesome. It was yeah, great. Yeah, that's part so good. Amazing. Honestly, I, I think it launched the current sort of. You um, were seeing sort of a trend of pirate games starting to come out now. A bit, yeah. And I was completely launched by Black Flag. It was 110 percent Black Flag that started for that sure. Show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's talk about an actual what the fuck story uh, for this week. We have a ton, so I completely don't mind tossing one out at the beginning. Um, basically, in my opinion, this is the most useless piece of shit that um, has come out in a while. But it is a Amazon Alexa speaker. So basically, like... Uh, not the dot. The dot's the smaller one. What's the regular one's just called? What Alexa or Echo? Echo. Echo. Mm, Thank you, Josh. Right. So basically, this is an Amazon Echo, except it's shaped like a Destiny Two ghost, and uh, speaks with the voice of the ghost. Now, if you have a regular Amazon Echo, uh, you can just download the voice of the ghost, and that doesn't. I believe that's free. It doesn't really cost anything. This ugly ass monstrosity is ninety bucks. Come on, man. <laughs> I think it looks kind of dope. I I don't even like Destiny that much, and I'm like, I'm I, I could see myself getting that. that I, I think it's cool. Ninety bucks. That's it. Looks neat. As someone who's actually a fan of Destiny, more or less, like I've played both games and you put considerable time into them. Like, yeah, I don't think it looks ugly. I think it looks kind of cool, but it's like I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not going to buy it. But like, I can understand how like if someone was a more hardcore fan of Destiny than I am, I can see how they'd be, they'd be interested if they also wanted an Alexa. But mm-hmm. you've got to be there's nothing for me here. Really, really hardcore. Yeah, I think to, so. Uh, it, it looks cooler than the little round hockey puck. I mean, I agree with that. That's for sure. Yeah. But the whole point of it is that you're not looking at this thing. You're just yeah. Like, and I think the hockey puck is like easier to put in your house. Right, because I don't think most people are gamers, right? So, like, when I'm picking out your Alexa, you're not you're, you're putting it in a place that it looks good in too. I think that's like a big reason popular, and this is a lot harder to make that happen. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know where I'd put it to, because what if someone's significant other doesn't like it and wants to put it somewhere else? And, <laughs> See, uh, I, would just, I would just hang it from my ceiling so that when I'm like streaming games and stuff, it's always like right there, and it's. Just, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Good use for it. It, it's, it is like a weird intersection of hobby and appliance that like doesn't really, it just doesn't add up to me. It's like kind of a weird combination. But uh, if you love Destiny and you want an Alexa, there you go, I guess. But I feel like that's a, like such a niche thing, you know? So, I don't so know. it's by the way, if for some godforsaken reason you do want this thing, uh, you only have a limited window left to purchase it. Uh, pre-order is still available on it. 
Um, but they are shipping out the 19th. Um, and I believe once they're shipped out, they are not going to um, make any more. I don't think I don't think these things are flying off the shelf. So <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally uh, floating, floating off the shelf. <laughs> um, anyways, let's talk about the regular gaming news. Uh, we have uh, some interesting things going on. Um, let us start with as long as we're talking about Destiny Two. Let's let's talk about Destiny Two. Um, Destiny Two has gone through a bit of a. Uh, debacle i would say i i think i think we're past controversy now and it's just in, straight up into debacle where they basically um scaled the way that players earned xp but didn't tell anyone how they were doing it and so a very attentive player basically ran a bunch of tests to figure this out on their own and then when confronted with this information that uh, the Bungie was sort of intentionally increasing the grind, then they then they sort of copped up to it and they're like, yeah, we're doing this. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because Connor, you're you know what? I'm gonna actually shut up now, and because you're the more active Destiny Two player, have you been following this story? Do you want to like? Oh, that's that's the thing. Yeah, I played Destiny Two earlier, uh, like you know, a month or two ago. I actually rented it. Um, just to see what the campaign was like, and then I got rid of it. Like I think I got, I think I sent it back right around the time this was starting to get uncovered. So I haven't really been paying too much attention to it, but it's um, it's definitely a, a, an instance of like developers need to know how important it is to be transparent about their systems because people will find this shit out. People will go to whatever lengths necessary to find out the mechanics of how they are getting screwed or whatever. Um, so I think Destiny's always had a grinding problem, and I think people were were really, really adamant about finding out just how bad it was in Destiny 2, because it maybe it felt different. They had tweaked a lot going from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2 about how rewards worked. Like in Destiny 1, you had to do the exact same thing over and over and over again, and hopefully you got something good out of it. In Destiny 2, you could do a bunch of different things and get sort of consistent rewards that were more random. They were more random, but they were more frequent. So like you kind of got some payback more often, but you never knew what you were going to get. So well, I think people just kind of wanted to find out exactly what was going on. And maybe that's what led us here. The The response was also a bit baffling because basically once Bungie admitted that they were scaling back the EXP gains, they removed it. So now you earn EXP or XP, I should say. Uniformly, there's just one problem. They increased the amount of XP you need to earn to get anything so now the grind is even bigger i don't know why they just didn't say hey guys we thought this was a good idea <laughs> to encourage players to try out other game modes right <laughs> and, and just like go with that because i would have believed that that's yeah that's that makes sense that would make sense to me um right they're probably just thinking like hey we don't want people to get bored so fast so we want to keep them on the treadmill a little lot will a little will I longer basically because there's only so much you can do i think destiny 2 did a lot of had a lot of improvements to the world and to the, to the you know the activities you had at your disposal but at this at a certain point you got like the raid you've got competitive and that's about it as far as end game content otherwise you're just kind of doing relatively entertaining but like ultimately repetitive stuff so like that's their incentive. They were like, hey, let's just keep people you know, busy for a little while longer. And the, the, yeah. the timing couldn't be worse because they have the new DLC the coming virus out. The came out yesterday. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it seems to me that Bungie is just kind of like shooting themselves in the foot. By the way, Osiris is getting awful reviews from what I've seen. Really? So I got the opening cinematic and I thought... I kind of, so I didn't play Destiny 1, but I'm at like 301, 302 in Destiny 2 right now. A lot of mm -hmm. my friends play it, and mm -hmm. um, I like did the opening of Osiris, and I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm interested anymore, right? It, it, it was that. I like saw the opening cinematic. Yeah. It was cool. It was pretty. Um, it really makes sense, but it also made me mad that it was already in the game. I didn't have to download it. I just paid for it, and then it was yeah. locked in the game, and I was like, this was here the whole time. Why didn't you yeah, I, uh, I've yeah, I've 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 long for a while. I, I've for a while I've had a problem with the way Destiny like Bungie handles uh, 
just sort of the phasing in of content for their games. Like mm. in Destiny 1, it was basically a paywall. Like if you wanted to do the weekly Heroic Strike or Nightfall or whatever it was, you would have to have the DLC, basically. You'd have to have the latest expansion. And then Otherwise, what the DLC does... Yeah, yeah by the way... Off to you. By the way, yes. So, okay. Actually, I'm going to stop for a second because I, I feel like Josh hasn't gotten a chance to chime in. So, Josh, what were you going to say before? Oh, I just... I, I, I bet that uh, Activision is getting ready to pay EA to bring back Battlefront 2 microtransactions. <laughs> that's all. Oh, <laughs> They're just like, oh, there? man, we're getting a little hot over... <laughs> yeah, so... That was the other thing I, I had read today that basically when Osiris dropped, um, they they changed what you were saying, um, Connor, that you could no longer access some of the dungeons unless you paid that you could before Osiris came out. And now once it came out, you have to purchase Osiris to go back into the dungeons that were previously available to you. And because that is, yeah. they added a room in the room. They so, added what? They added a room in the raid. So in the Leviathan raid, there's uh, four uh, in the old in Destiny Two before Osiris. There's four rooms. Uh, there's cup, dogs, uh, like the, the, it's symbols. Gauntlet. There's like the gauntlet. There was the dogs thing. There was something else. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a stealth mission. Yeah. Um, but Osiris added another room. So it's like the first new piece of content for the raid. Because before, you were just going over the same thing, spending two and a half hours training new people to go through this raid over and over and over again. Because a lot of the holdovers from Destiny 1 only did that. Cool. All right. So um, you were telling us about that time the clown molested you, Chris? Oh, yeah. So it was back in college, and his name was Frank. Uh, Frank was originally like he, you know pretty muscular. Um, I didn't know what his previous life dealings were until we had a conversation, and he kind of brought it up. And I was like, "All right, this guy's kind of weird, but I'll give him a shot." <laughs> and so the next day, right? This is crazy. The next day, I mean, in Boulder, Colorado, of all places. The next day, I see Frank one this more is why time. I love Chris, and he's got no clothes on other than a clown face and the shoes. But nothing else. The and shoes like, are important. The shoes you're are gonna wear you gotta shoes, have the shoes, yeah. If you're gonna wear shoes, you gotta wear socks and a house. Kit. And so that's what I see when I walk into the door. And then from that day on, I was like, man, I fucking love clowns. And we're back. <laughs> that was a beautiful story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Chris, I would I would pay to see you in an improv act. I think. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Changed my life, man. I appreciate that. Frank. Well, you found your calling, Chris. Yeah. <sighs> uh, meanwhile, I'm sure like clowns across the country. Are like, I, I gotta get this guy's number. I gotta get his digits. <laughs> my name's Frank, and I'm a clown. Is this is this what's like to be desired? Um, <laughs> your fan club just grew by five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways. Destiny 2, Destiny 2. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, Destiny 2, yeah. Destiny 2. Uh, speaking, speaking of clowns. Speaking of clowns, right? Um, so, yeah, the, uh, Osiris is coming out with terrible, terrible reviews, actually. Uh, people are calling it the uh, worst Destiny expansion since the Something Wolves, which I hear is, was awful. House of it Wolves? Broke, House of Wolves. It broke the game. House of Wolves broke the game? How'd that happen? I don't remember that. Oh, well, they dropped a bunch of new weapons and increased the stats for a bunch of weapons that people already had, so it was pretty much like if you wanted to be competitive, you had to buy the DLC and get the Oh, weapons. right. And so um, I think people are actually complaining about that for this. I haven't played too far into it to know for sure, but... Sounds about right. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this. Do you guys still feel that Destiny 2 has some legs? Do you feel like they can recover? Um, where do you feel is the point in which we're past the point of no return and, and Bungie has kind of driven the franchise into the ground? How much more time would you give it, Chris? Um, I'm probably going to play through the story uh, and just kind of like play with my friends when they're on. But oh. I mean, even this last week, I dropped out of like the raid group and stuff. I just, I, I don't like grinding and I don't like doing over and over again. So I'll just mm -hmm. do what's different, kind of get a taste of it, probably play when the next DLC comes out. Just have you have you already purchased the expansion pack? So you're essentially like, yeah. So in? I was really lucky and got Destiny Two for free, and so I've only had to pay for the. 
Oh, okay. So uh, it was an easy But, uh, yeah, I kind of want to see the new raid room, and I want to see the new guns. There's some new skins for the guns that are cool, but that's not, like, why. I see. All right. We'll keep us posted. I'm kind of curious. Um, but let's move past Destiny 2. Let us talk for a second about Nintendo. Um, Nintendo, <clears throat> actually, more stories this week about Nintendo than I'd expect, but the first one um, is, I think, caught a lot of people by surprise. And this is basically that Nintendo is releasing HD ports of Wii games on the NVIDIA Shield in China. That's like a long sentence, I know. But kind of crazy, never expected it to happen. Uh, a lot of people are pointing this and saying like, oh, this is just their way of testing the waters and that we're going to see these HD ports come to the Switch, which makes a certain amount of sense um, to me. Uh, what, what's your guys' take on this? Are you going to be like trying to figure out how to get these things onto, uh, like create a Chinese account? I know you have a Shield, for example, Josh. So mm. have you thought about making a Chinese account to download the you know, Nintendo games? No, I, I mean, I've got a Nintendo Switch, and I and I imagine that's going to happen eventually. Um, I think if you go back when we were talking about the NVIDIA Switch and when we found out it was basically a shield in disguise, I said that right. I said that we would start seeing some, some crossover. I thought that it would be AAA titles that people had developed for shield that they just took the APK and brought it over to, to uh, the Nintendo Switch. I mm. totally didn't expect it to go this direction. Um, it really surprising move, like China of all places. Um, I, you know, so for those not in the know, uh, China had a bunch of laws that basically prevented games from coming out in China. So I guess Nintendo sees this as that doesn't mean that bootlegs didn't make because, you know, nature finds a way. But um, you, you guys think that. Uh, this is just a, an easy way for Nintendo basically to expand their influence in the country in which they probably don't have that much recognition, maybe? Yeah, you, they probably can't produce enough Switches to cover that market either, so... Oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Ironic since they're made there, but... That's a good point. That's a good point. <clears throat> the Chinese market has so many IPs right I, like it's already super saturated without nintendo so i think that i think you're right it's probably a way to get a new audience but i don't know if it'll be receptive a lot of other companies have tried to do the same thing in china i think disney is is, is a good example of it working but i don't really hear of any other success stories of like foreign companies moving into china to grab the market outside of like american right right and and to be clear right these hd are of games that don't have HD ports yet, with the exception of uh, Twilight Princess. Um, you know, Punch-Out, Super Mario Galaxy is supposedly coming soon, and new Super, new Super Mario Brothers Wii um, have all been released already, which, again, like, I, I guess it's probably not too hard to upscale the graphics, uh, but very oh. interesting. Our next news story will be when they finally bring these to Nintendo Switches and the rest of the country, and there's not price parity because they're only like $10 each game or something in China. But I guarantee you if they do an HD remake of Mario Galaxy, it's going to be 50 bucks here. Oh, they better not do that. Watch. That'll be our next news story. Maybe. God. I, I I'd, guess like, like, I'd guess 40 tops. Personally, well, but uh, it I, won't I, be 10 bucks. No, I, yeah, I, definitely. Yeah. I imagine 30, but yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Josh. That's a good point. That's uh, true. The other interesting sort of Nintendo story uh, involves their mobile platform. So uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp uh, recently came out on both, I think, both iOS and Android. Now, I don't like Animal Crossing at all. Not to say that's a bad game. It's just it doesn't appeal to me personally at in the slightest, so I didn't yeah, even bother either. to download it. Mm -hmm. Um and apparently it, it doesn't appeal to a lot of other people as well because it had had the lowest numbers, <coughs> uh, I think, out of the mobile games that Nintendo has released so far. Uh, let me see if I can find them in the article. It was a couple million, which doesn't actually amount to much. Um, let's see here. Um, so it brought in $10 million of revenue, uh, but 
Super Mario Run has brought in 24 million and Fire Emblem Heroes have brought in 33 million. So it's the lowest performing of the bunch. Hmm. Um and I and I I had download numbers somewhere I'm not now. What do you guys think Nintendo is doing wrong uh when it comes to the mobile platform and what do you think uh they could do to improve? Like what where is the most room for improvement with them? Um, I think they're going to improve after the VGAs, actually. I think that that game uh, is going to generate a lot more revenue because I suspect that they're going to announce Animal Crossing for Switch at the VGAs. Mm. So if you notice, they kind of always release a a mobile version of a game before they release the information on a new game that they're working on for whatever their major hardware is. So I think it's part of their strategy. I don't think that the fact that it's underperforming right now means anything until after the VGAs. By the way, I, I finally found the number that I was looking for. Um, it had about 15 million downloads, <clears throat> 15 million downloads in six days. But of those 15 million downloads, it's not converting a lot of people into paying customers, which is a similar problem to what Super Mario Run had, um, where it, it's, I think, the most downloaded game on the Android store. But most people don't pony up the $10 to unlock the full game. Um, and a lot of people are pointing to basically the Switch, saying that this thing's doing so well that no one gives a crap about the mobile offerings. Because the Switch is mobile too. <laughs> because the Switch is mobile too. Um, so if that's the case, and, and well, I should say because that is the case, do you think that Nintendo is going to be shying away from the mobile market? Or as the article suggests, do you feel like it's going to be acting as sort of like a brand ambassador as a, uh, as a uh, you know, foot in the door for people to start becoming more familiar with the Nintendo brand who might not be? Well, I think we have an example of it working and it not working, right? Fire Emblem acquired a bunch of new players, right? It was a good game. People liked it, right? And then... We have this example where it was low user acquisition. Uh, I don't know how the game has been, so I can't speak on it. But I think that the difference is Fire Emblem had a really core group of people who really loved that game and has been being made every so often for the last... You don't think Animal like, Cross? Animal Cross has been around for I think, I think, at this point. I think that game has a small... I think it's been the same people, though who have been playing all of the Animal Crossings. I don't think they've been getting new users through their games like Fire Emblem did. I think Fire Emblem did a better job of acquiring new users, where I think the Animal Crossing has been... I think it came out when I was, like, 15, right? And a bunch of my friends, and I noticed that when this Animal Crossing, all those same friends I played with picked this game. Mm. So I think it, I think in terms of user acquisition, and they're competing against themselves, right? We just mm. mentioned that the Switch is mobile as well, so... right. If you have both, then wait for it on the Switch. If you but, have a Switch, you have a phone. So having, but I mean, Josh is making the argument that they're going to announce an app crossing on the Switch. Is that, is that that's right, Josh? Then yeah, it correctly. Yeah, so for then, the whole brand ambassador they, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So why would they? Why would they play it on the mobile? Or you think there's going to be some sort of cross-platform thing? No, I think it's. I think it's to generate hype and to bring it back into the public consciousness, mm-hmm. so that. So that when they announce it on the Switch, they'll get more downloads of their mobile app, and then they'll get more pre-orders or however that all works itself out. But they'll get more interest in the Switch version as well. Personally, so people, yeah, I can see that being... About, yeah, people who are hype about the Switch one are going to go and get the mobile app just to get their fix for now until the Switch version comes mm. out. That's honestly, that's a, that's a great way to approach it from their, from their perspective because I kind of approach games the same way. Like if I know a game is coming out, I might, you know, just be more interested in the series as a whole up until mm-hmm. the release date. So that's that's not a bad strategy. It's not a way for them. That's not a bad way for them to come at it. So I can see that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, do you guys see Nintendo continuing to push mobile titles despite, you know, obviously not being as successful as they want the mobile it's titles where, to be? It's where the money is. Mobile t- titles make more money than any other genre out there. So if they want to try to capture some of that pot, then they've got to. 
and more people have phones than anything else. It's kind of like that whole strategy of let's cast a wide net and see what we bring back, right? Yeah, it's almost You're, like they can't they can't really afford to not be involved in mobile. So it's just a, it's just a really just a matter of doing it right. Well, honestly. except that you're forgetting that Nintendo is a crotchety old man that never does <laughs> what you think they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, you love Nintendo. I would. <laughs> oh yeah, God. it's one of your favorite. <laughs> that and hot nuts. That's true. Yep. Hot nuts. Yeah. Nintendo almost as much as he as he loves hot nuts. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Tied for can't go anywhere without my hot nuts. Um, so yeah, I I, I do think that Nintendo is going to be in an interesting spot. I haven't seen anything yet uh, from their mobile offerings that have really grabbed uh, myself. Um, and I play mobile titles all the time, so I feel like I you know. I feel like- <laughs> <laughs> huh? I thought I thought you were trying to say something by coughing. Um, oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I feel like I would be an ideal candidate for them, right? Like, I have nostalgia for Nintendo. I play mobile stuff all the time because I have an hour commute on the train, so my phone is out there and I'm doing mm. stuff. And they just keep fucking up. And it was a prime example of this is Super Mario Run. Super Mario Run's actually a really nice game. But they made it keep checking in with a central server. And if you're mm-hmm. in an underground subway, you can't play it. And the levels are short. The levels are like a minute. So even if I start a level above ground, as soon as I, you know, I play through a level really quick, I, I have no signal. That's it. I'm done playing the game. It sucks. So mm-hmm. get it together, Nintendo. Give us an offline game. I mean, be reasonable. Don't charge us like thirty bucks, like Squeenix, because that's just a dick move. But give us give us something we can actually enjoy. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, our last story is the last story. Yeah, the last regular story uh, has to do with Take Two, actually. So um, there was a conference recently. It was the Credit Suisse 21st Annual Technology, Media, and Telecom Conference. Mm. Never heard of this before, but it's the 21st one, so I'm, I guess other people know about this. Um, a presentation was being given by the Take-Two Interactive President, Carl Sladoff. Um, and, of course, everyone should fucking know what Take-Two is, right? Like, I don't think... If you're a gamer, you should know Take-Two. Anyone mm. want to shout out a Take-Two game real quick? Oh, Burnout? No, Burnout isn't a Take-Two game, is it? No, that's Criterion. Uh, Take-Two would be uh, the sports titles, right? They do sports titles. Um, um, it's um, Rockstar Wait. PA, right? Board, uh, uh, Rockstar. Rockstar. So yeah. yeah. Take-Two is Rockstar. So. Uh, Wait, Border- so Take-Two is the publisher of Rockstar games? Um, so yeah. Take-Two is Rockstar in two Borderlands. Borderlands, yes. right? Uh, Borderlands is not Borderlands. Uh, that was Gearbox. Yeah, uh, Borderlands is is I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty cool. sure it's published by Take Two. Yes, uh, Bioshock, XCOM, okay. Game, Manhunt, Bully, Sid Meier, right? Um, Civilization. That's Take Two. Yep, Civilization. Yeah, and and like I said, they own Rockstar. So and, and I, I, I didn't know they owned Rockstar. That's that's news to me. Yes, they own Rockstar. So you know this company. Uh, So when the president of Take-Two opens his mouth, I think gamers should listen. And what he had to say at this conference was kind of interesting. He basically said that there's no question in his mind that the games industry is going 100% digital, Um, which I think at this point really isn't a controversial statement to make. he did waffle a bit on how soon he thought it was going to happen. Um, he said, he, and this is an exact quote, he said, I just can't predict whether that's five years, 10 years, or 20 years. It's probably less than 20 and maybe more than five, but I think it ultimately gets there. Um, yeah. hmm. What do you guys think? How long is it going to take us to go completely digital? I, I think he's absolutely right in, in that it's definitely going to happen just looking around at how we live now where we're in such a hyper-connected world. It's it's definitely inevitable. I'd mm. say his timeline, honestly, that's probably conservative to me. I'd say I'd be surprised if it takes I'd be surprised if it takes ten years before disc based games completely are phased out. Mm. I would be surprised if it takes longer than ten years because you're all I'm already starting to see it happen. Like and I'm not happy to say that. I'm not excited. 
the opposite actually i'm kind of old-fashioned that way i really like to have a, vis- a physical collection of my games and that's what i'm used to it's like so having not- an album collection yeah exactly yeah. i just, I just kind of like the physical product of it and that's just what i'm used to but just looking at the writing on the wall i think he's absolutely right there's really no denying that uh playstation you know the publishers and you know playstation and the publishers that they work with are definitely pushing like digital download day one download things like that pc gaming is has been almost completely download based for the longest time for years now microsoft obviously nintendo <laughs> might be a little slower on the uptake like they are with everything on, yeah. on this but yeah. even even factoring them into it again i'd be shocked if we're waiting 10 years for a complete phase out anybody else want to chime in because the other statement he made <laughs> more controversial, but josh go ahead i completely disagree I don't think that. Ooh, a challenger appears. Whoa! I'll, I'll, I'll Get it off! I'll, I'll tell you why. There's a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, uh, the the fact is is that game publishers, uh, when you're talking about home video game consoles, require they rely on retailers to sell those consoles, and there's no there's no uh, retailer partnering if they can't continue to sell stuff on the back end. That's why retailers sell consoles. Um, at just like a dollar or two over what they're actually paying for them because they're going to make money on the games that they sell. Um, So I think that's number one. Number two, you have the issue with net neutrality going on right now where you've got all of these ISPs and shit limiting bandwidth. So it's going to make it even harder to go purely digital because now all of a sudden you're going to have to pay for an internet fast lane. You're going to have to pay for uh, more, you know, gigabits to download and all that other shit. Um, that and, and internet is just inconsistent across the country. Um, it's not nearly, it's not consistent in, in rural areas. Well, now, but I mean, do you still think it will be equally? Well, you know what? Let's, let's put it this way. You make some excellent points, Josh. Um, I would say in the very near future, we're going to be 90% digital and 10% retail. Oh, and I no, Yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree with you. They're totally digital. I don't think it'll ever happen. Not on game consoles. Mm. Mm. And so, uh, I was going to, I was going to add that like Amazon store and most people will be more than happy to buy your game console off of Amazon. So, well, but remember Amazon for a long time, stopped selling Nintendo products because they weren't getting uh, the support and additional sales and stuff that they wanted to get from Nintendo. So that's that's still, that's still a retailer Mm -hmm. that wants money on the back end. I just, I just feel like personally, from what I've seen, I don't really have a problem imagining the death of games retail as we know it. I'm sure it'll continue to exist in some form, but as we're, as we know stores like GameStop, they're starting to really adapt and change to the idea of everything being digital. Like, um, I don't know, just like my local GameStop, it's selling less. It seems like the store is becoming less about games and more about accessories. It has been for a while. That's just been the trend of GameStop. Yeah. To me, that is, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, that's most GameStops. Uh, More and more people are buying digital, so GameStop is trying to diversify to get people into the store to buy, like, geeky shit that's not necessarily a game. Yeah. Yeah, to me, just seeing that informs to me my my decision that i could see this happening for sure at some point and i think that point is soon but josh those are great points like i not everyone lives in a sort of uh internet hotspot that i do like well even i'm not even in a hotspot i'm just in a okay spot so it's like mm-hmm. not everyone has that not everyone has access like that i think the retailers will find a way to remain relevant for a long time i just i just know that it's it's changing and it's changing fast, so well, it might not die out I, I in think ten years physically, but yeah, it's I think it's I think it's more likely that I can I can see Chris is, is Chris is straining to contain himself. He, he <laughs> wants to say something so bad. Chris, so what? I think you're both right, and this is why. Um, when you go to any marketing conference website, right, the number one thing you'll see or is probably one of two things, right? Something called retailment and experiential marketing. Right. So I think what is going to happen is storefronts are going to become glorified demos. Uh, so you can like go to a store. And I know that these talks are happening based on what I do as well. Uh, and so the idea that I've heard a lot is that you could go to a store like Uniglow, right? So Uniglow just made all of these interactive mirrors, right? Mm-hmm. So you could stand in front of the mirror, 
go through their selection. They'll have like one of everything in the store so you can see and touch it. Uh, but you actually order your clothes on the mirror. So you like go in there, you pick your clothes, you pick your selections and colors, you go and you pay, and then it ships to your house. Uh, and so a lot of a lot of stores are moving, trying to move into how can we engage the younger audience, right? Because I know we hate this word, but millennials are all about experience. They're cheap and they want an experience. That's very and true. so that's how the marketing industry is moving. And if they're there, and the marketing industry, I think, is last to adopt a lot of stuff. Uh, they see they see that coming. And if every if I hear the word retailment one more time, I'm going to shoot somebody. But at the same time, like, I Retail agree, like, <laughs> did it. Uh, <laughs> you done did it now. God damn it. Uh, but, but I think what people are searching for in terms of what the future of shopping is, exactly that, is they want it to be an experience that they can go and have it be worthwhile, as opposed to going into a store and combating with other people. Pretty much millennials just want to get rid of Black Friday, right? And so, and that kind of whole, like, atmosphere of what shopping. And so I think that companies like Macy's and JCPenney are going to be really hard pressed to advance their um, sales techniques because they're so ingrained in their old styles. But some of these tech companies, uh, these video game manufacturers are going to have an easier time digital. So I think, yes, we'll have storefronts, but it'll be a combination of it all. So you can have an experience shop, but it'll still be digital. Hmm. That's... So that's there's a lot there um yeah i think that's a fantastic analysis actually and and i think very spot on um i do want to highlight the other thing uh that uh the president said during this uh this talk that he gave which in my opinion is honestly the more sort of controversial thing that uh Sladoff said he basically talked about microtransactions because obviously that's a plague upon the industry right now and something that a lot of developers are dealing with. And uh, what he basically said, I'm going to sort of summarize it, uh, is that microtransactions aren't bad. Um, it's that the game, that building the game around the microtransaction is bad, that, that there's not enough content um basically happening in the game the uh the exact quote is um in terms of the consumer and the noise you hear in the market right now it's all about content it's about over delivering on content and making sure you're focused on engagement that has been our strategy and where we're focused and as long as you keep your eye on that ball you're going to be okay the customer is going to be really happy with what they get and honestly I trust the man in the sense that if you look at GTA Online, thing is basically printing money for Take Two, um, hand over fist, basically. So I'm really curious about your take on this, uh, Chris. Do you think he's right, or should all microtransactions be eliminated, or are they, you know, I mean, mostly terrible, evil? In the in a so I have I have two ways to. So my realistic response is to say I agree with it not having the game built around it, right? So pay to win, uh, and that I like opening my like Overwatch loot boxes. And sometimes when I'm bored and I just have that feeling of just pay five bucks and get I think ten or five loot boxes, right? Mm -hmm. So I personally like it. I think in a perfect world there would be no microtransactions because I sure I miss buying a game and having. Right and just having a complete God, experience. Yes. Right, Tell me about it. like how long? How long has it been? Right, it's been so long since like a game came. I think some indie games will be able to provide you in, for indie this, games but have kind of done it. Um, but they're shorter experiences overall. Like games like right. Ori in the Blind Forest. Right, Same. it was a complete game. I got it. <laughs> the music was amazing. I finished it and I was okay with that. I didn't need a. And so, um, and I would love one, but I don't need one. I feel like it's, it was a complete package, and I miss. I just miss that. And I and I like how they're trying to put content into things. And I get that you have to pay the developers and stuff, but I feel like that should be forethought rather than I think that's a bad game design as opposed to you know just trying to make money. Mm. So that's that's my take on it. So I don't really care personally, but I think in a realistic everyone should be able to buy. Keep cutting in and out. 
I'm just too I'm, I'm too far away from my microphone, so I think that's what it is. But what I was saying, what I was saying is, I think in the end, I don't really care. I like opening my loot boxes, and I have the means to play this stuff. Uh, but in a perfect world, you're already working so hard to buy these games just to be told that you have to buy twenty more dollars to open them. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, bottom line is, if you're paying for a full price game, you expect the full price game. Yeah, like a free to play exactly. title with microtransactions for your sixty. Yeah, that's very. Yeah, it's like I opened Destiny, and the fact I didn't have to download that expansion pissed me off. Right? Is yeah. already in the game. They had yeah. it, and I have a friend who works at Bungie, and they were done with that thing. Like, Whoever knows, right? They are probably working on it before Destiny even came out, right? So they, like, knew this was going to happen, and there's just something slimy about that that I don't know, that, that I don't like. I agree. There is, there is. Josh, I do want to say... Quiet. Oh, go ahead, Connor. Just, just saying, modern example of a complete game for a complete price, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Mm. Just needs to be known that, like hours like it's such a huge engrossing game mm. and cd project red was really awesome about just free add-ons free new quests um and when they did have expansions they were reasonably priced and also complete experiences so that's a great example of a company that's doing it right i think mm. one of the greatest games in the last five years for sure absolutely one of my favorites of all time I really need to sit down and play that game you but really I, do i don't want to play it till i beat two and i'm not consistent I, you don't need to. I never played any of the first two Witcher games, so yeah. I, I got I got right into the Wild Hunt, no problems whatsoever. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. so I can I can confirm. Interesting. All right, so that is all for our regular stories, but we have some amazing uh, what the fuck stories for you. And as usual, we are going to go from um, we're going to go from less fucked up to more fucked up. So we're going to start off with. Nintendo actually it's pretty rare for us to do like it's it's funny because when we're doing the show we'll often be like what the fuck Nintendo but it's pretty rare that we actually do a what the fuck Nintendo story that makes any sense but yeah. I, I I thought this qualified so uh it's official this is an official thing that's happening uh there's going to be a Super Mario cereal like this is a thing you it's about go. time yeah you can go you can go to uh I don't think it's in stores yet, but it will be soon. I think Kellogg's is the one making the cereal, I believe. Um, but that's not why we're talking about this. We're talking about this because the cereal is gonna come with a little amiibo sticker um that you will be able to use in Super Mario Odyssey. And of course, a lot of people uh were initially pretty upset about this, believe it or not. Um, and the question was, what will this Amiibo sticker grant you? Well, that has finally been revealed. And uh, it is a heart. <laughs> it's a heart. That's yeah, or, a serial thing to do. Or, or a couple of coins. Um, it will, that's what it will grant you. And I think this is a missed opportunity, honestly. Uh, <laughs> by Nintendo or the serial company. I don't really know who reached out to whom first. Uh, but really a fucking heart and some coins you mean the thing i can get by just like running around the level for like five seconds so wait are these like are these in-game coins or in-game hearts or are they just literally Correct. stickers no in-game yeah. in-game coins or hearts so you can you take the sticker off the box uh put it on the uh amiibo sensor on the switch and right. and uh while the game is on and some coins will appear or a heart I just want my 1990s Nintendo serial system back. <laughs> That's what I want. The the Super Mario side and the Zelda side, one's fruity and one's berry. What's the difference? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. That sounds but, awesome. I must have missed out on that one. Oh, oh here. You've never yeah, seen that before? Yeah, we're probably too so. young for that. I might have been too young. Yeah, I might have been <laughs> a long time. Shit, am I the old man of the group? That's not cool. You are, unfortunately. Oh. That's okay. Don't worry. You don't look a day over 75. <laughs> I'm, wait, no, no, I'm 36. Well, I'm there. It is again. Savagery, man. Ouch. <laughs> Shit. I'm just exercising I, my First Amendment. I knew Chris was young, but I didn't. I, th I thought you guys were closer to my age. I'm, I'm, I'm 27, kind of so I'm not too no, far. I'm, I'm 27 too. So I'm, oh. I'm the closest, Josh. I'm 32. So. Oh, okay, gotcha. But gotcha. it was still. I, I don't remember that series. I, Chris I and I are the kids. I, I put yeah. a link to the serial in our chat there. But, yeah, I'm uh, yeah. Look at that. That's weird. But so the thing is, my my original point was. 
this is a cool idea. Why not just fucking like Kellogg's pay Nintendo the money, have them design a small level or something or do some kind of serial power up. That's weird. I don't know. Make it interesting. Don't give us a couple of fucking coins in the heart. Like do something with this. I don't think anyone's going to use this amiibo sticker It's the most useless piece of junk I can imagine. Well, do you think maybe they're thinking that people are going to keep buying cereal. So we'll just get coins as they buy the cereal. That might be the, that might be their play. Like, hey, it's like you know, the more you eat, the better you know score you have in your game or whatever. It's like and, that's Call of Duty XP doublers, right? Exactly. It's like yeah, chugging game fuel so you can get yeah. better XP bonuses or whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense though because Super or Mario some balls. Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey has no lives. There's no lives in this game. Yeah, and, that's uh, what's confusing me. Well, no and, coin, coins are your life in the game. Coins are your life in the game, but you. You can always just get more coins and it's the coins are not rare or hard to come by and uh there's no score in mario odyssey to my knowledge so again it's the, the analogy doesn't work it's so weird yeah. i don't know it's just lazy you know it's just like maybe they just thought the tie-in was good enough on its own they didn't need to actually well, pull anything off with it it's a cool what? idea or it's terrible execution like what if they gave you like the original game after bought like five boxes or something and mailed in the thing that'd be kind of cool that'd be neat also, yeah. also in mario odyssey you can change the uh the level at any time you can go from easy to hard and if it's on easy if you just stand around for a couple of seconds your life meter refills to six. <laughs> so regenerating yeah. health mechanics yeah on the every game has them say. but i'm just saying it's it's just a, such a weird thing to give players it doesn't yeah. make any sense at all um so our next story involves let me see what is our next story all right so i'm gonna do this because this is fucking brilliant a twitch user this guy needs a job right yeah. i, I want to give him a job this is fantastic he needs a medal i know right uh so i'm sure you've seen this this has made its rounds uh on the internet he basically uh was watching a live ufc fight but made it appear as if he was playing the ufc game um to, he was because there's a ufc 3 game coming out and he full twitch he streamed the entire fight <laughs> pretty fucking amazing <laughs> what a legend dude what a fucking legend that's like that such a boss dude this is right so I I my favorite part is when it's like he held a controller and made gaming sounds yeah yeah he, put, <laughs> he held the controller he made commentary as he was playing like all like, these <laughs> graphics man check this out <laughs> game of the year it's true it's no this absolutely and if anyone looked at a thumbnail it looked like he was just playing something god damn it's so funny <laughs> how many people figure it out to, to say in that article like how many viewers he ended up getting good question um thousands at the very least i i think that what's kind of funny about that is that twitch used to be justin tv does anybody remember that i do yep. vaguely that yeah twitch vaguely. was justin tv and people used to stream sporting events on justin tv all the time that's like yeah. what it did it's coming it full not, circle yeah it's kind of funny that way that's funny that's pretty cool um our is that our last this is our last story I'm just I'm just wondering if uh, Dana White or Joe Rogan is gonna show up and beat the shit out of this guy, for like <laughs> for like I don't know because I it's there's probably a fraud suit coming his way or something. Well, it's it's a big deal. Like streaming live to Twitch is like a really good idea for sporting events. <laughs> like thinking about it right now, I'm like I would totally pay like a five ninety nine ten ninety nine package to watch live events on. So, so you think this guy's giving them an idea for like so. another new revenue stream? Like, a, like a PlayStation, it'll can turn into like a competitor for PlayStation. I don't know. It, it's like it'll go, it'll go one or two ways. Uh, the, you know, UFC sues the shit out of this guy because everyone knows he did it. Now it's like kind of out there. It's like it's kind of an right, open right. secret. This, this or done again. yeah, exactly. It'll yeah, never work again. or like Chris, can, you know, is implying they offer him a job as like. The developer of their Twitch UFC <laughs> pay-per-view events, or something like that. Like, <laughs> I hope it's the former, or I hope it's the latter, not the former. But like, goddamn, this guy's in trouble now. Like, he gave us a gift by doing something so hilarious and brilliant. But like, 
I feel, I feel, I hope he's not gonna, you know, get taken a quarter over this, but it's, I'm yeah. sure he'll be fine. I, I would be, t- I would be really scared to cross UFC personally. <laughs> I think man. Joe Rogan, I don't want that stoner, fight. Being the stoner that he is, I think he'll be okay with it. I don't know about Dana. I don't even know if, is, is, I just threw out Joe Rogan as just like someone I associate with UFC, but I don't even know if he's involved anymore. I know Dana White is like the founder or whatever. Yeah, he's in the new game. Yeah. Joe Rogan's like in the new Oh, okay. He's, he's still an announcer. He's still a yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. But yeah, it's like, I would not want to cross those guys. This guy has balls. Like, this this, this Twitch dude, he has he has some brass balls. Like, that, that's... He has some hot that's nuts. Ri- that's risky. He has hot nuts for sure. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's got, day. He's got hot nuts for days. Days. Um, our last story actually involves a different fighting game uh, sh- that people really don't like, for the most part, from what I've seen. <laughs> Street Fighter V. Um, so Street Fighter V has entered into a partnership with Red Bull. God knows why. And basically, if you buy certain cans of Red Bull, you can unlock a Red Bull, a Red Bull costume for a character in Street Fighter V. Now, you only get one costume per can. So to unlock all the costumes, you would need 16 cans. That in itself is like whatever... That's like a Saturday night for me, you know, 16 cans yeah. of Red Bull. That's no big deal. It's a land sure, party. why not? <laughs> yeah, it's a land party. The, the costume DLC is actually kind of expensive in Street Fighter um, Five, so a can of Red Bull is not that crazy. But my problem is these costumes are so fucking ugly, and you, you basically serve as giant billboards for Red Bull. It's just like Red Bull plastered all over the characters, and I can't imagine anyone that likes either Street Fighter or Red Bull enough to mix the two. It's For some reason, Polly Shore came to mind when you said that. <laughs> right? Doesn't Polly that like, kind of make sense, though? Like, the, he would be that guy. Yeah, the Ryu costume actually kind of reminds me of Polly Shore. Now maybe that's ahead. what it is. Like, for some yeah. reason, it just, like, popped into my head. Like, <laughs> is he the one making the decision? Well, maybe. so the interesting thing is, in the story, there's a picture here of, uh, like, Ryu and the Kangol hat and whatnot but i don't know that that's actually part of the red bull uh series because if you watch the trailer which is called by the way hadouken in a can oh my the, god dude. that's the tag <laughs> in that's case you didn't know that's so dumb uh, his his red bull costume looks nothing like that it's basically his regular costume but there's a giant red bull on the side of it and it looks ugly I don't know why they chose Street Fighter. Like, wouldn't it have been cool? Like, I would have done this if it was like a Rocket League decal or, yeah, you know, or, you know, or, or, or something like that. Because I think the idea is good. It's just the follow through. That's a little weird. And and as Connor was saying uh, before the show, it's everyone drinks Monster. We all know this, right, Connor? Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the true Street Fighter master drinks Monster and Monster only. I mean, Red Bulls for scrubs and. And, and noobs and tenders. <laughs> what? Why did, why did they make Chun Li look like a hip hop diva? That's the thing. I just. But she is. I'm pretty sure that that is just like an alternate skin for Chun Li yeah. and not like the Red Bull skin, which again is white and blue with a giant Red Bull sticker like right here. Zangius is just sweatpants. Sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're it. not creative. They're not interesting at all. And the character that, like... Which is, like, so off-brand for Red Bull. Like, Red Bull is interesting and full of character, right? Like, like Red Bull Sports, Red Bull, all this stuff, right? Yeah. It's like they tried going with a minimalist approach to these costumes, but they just came out looking kind of low effort. Like, it just didn't land. That's exactly what it is. Like, Guile's costume is just a white shirt that says Red Bull in the corner. And the one character that has a little bit more, which uh, I don't know, so I don't play Street Fighter Five, so I don't know the characters, but the uh, the Middle Eastern character that has the wind powers, Rashid. Rashid. So his costume, he looks like a bro. He looks like a frat boy. He has like a Red Bull hat and a gold chain and like a tracksuit esque thing going on here, and it looks awful. Mm. Absolutely awful. For so, shame, Red Bull. You're better than this. Well, that's what I, so, but what I really want to know is who approached who, right? Did Red Bull reach yeah, out to Capcom? Or was Capcom was like, yo, Red Bull, let, let's get in on this Street Fighter action. Oh my God, we're selling so many copies. I kind of want to say Red Bull made the first move just because, like, they seem like they always have these crazy ideas for promotions and stuff. Like, I don't know. To me, Red Bull as a company just 
seems like a coke head that's like it's like coming up with like oh this is so cool this is gonna be awesome we gotta do this guys <laughs> and like they just go to capcom capcom's like sure why not I, that's what happened in my head i hope capcom that's was like happened. money money <laughs> money maybe money okay money 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 yeah <laughs> we like money yeah, i've always like I'm, I'm on board i've always thought like i've always said that red bull was like if a frat boy was a company yeah pretty much <laughs> and and like what would happen so i think like some guy was like hey have you heard of something called and then they were like yeah dude there's a lot of money in esports i play esports on my phone and he's like yeah you should go after this and this guy emails capcom it's like hi i work for red bull i want to put my logos in your game and this person's like i know what red bull is okay that's totally fine. i've and heard of that like, i've heard of this and now it's in pretty much yeah. Now it's in the lowest reviewed Street Fighter game ever. Time. I yeah. think so. Bad um, timing, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, that is all the show we have for you this week. Uh, until next time, I have been your host, Michael Schluger. I've been Connor Howard. I am Joshua Irwin. Crystal Sun. What? He cut out again. Cut Can out you- again. My name is Chris Lassard, and I want oh, to okay. a special, special shout-out to Frank. I know I said some mean <laughs> things to you earlier, but, and I know I'm married, but my number is <laughs> seven of... Frank, you can, you can find Chris under the missed connections part of Craigslist later. I post Just every like... day. Every single day, Frank. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, make sure you hit us up on the comments below. We'd love to hear from you guys. And, of course, always tweet at us at Pack Podcast. Push a lot of buttons for us. We will see you next week. Hasta This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!